speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do? since my master is taking the management away from me. I'm not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their homes. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Over the years, I have really come to dislike today's reading from the Gospel of Luke. I must be honest, it's a difficult one. Indeed, it is a difficult parable to understand and to preach, my friends. It has been called one of the most difficult parables that Jesus ever taught. Now, if you are like me, I've always gotten hung up on the part where the master in the parable, yes, the master in the parable, praises the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. It sounds as if Jesus is teaching us that being dishonest and crooked are good things. It comes across as if that dishonest manager did a good deed by being a fraud. However, yes, however, if we look very carefully at this parable... What we learn from Jesus is that the dishonest manager is not praised. He's not praised for being dishonest, but praised for being shrewd. Yes, praised for being shrewd. He was praised for how he disentangled himself from a most difficult predicament. In other words, it is good, right, and salutary. Yes, it is good, right, and salutary for us Christians to be street smart, as they say. The unrighteous manager, he was street-wise. He was on the ball. He was alert. He looked for an angle to survive. And so, through this parable, Jesus is showing you and me that we need to be street-smart in the same way, but for what is right, not what is wrong. Jesus is teaching us as Christians, he's teaching us as Christians that we are not to be a bunch of foolish and 
naive victims in this life, but to be shrewd, to be wise, to be mindful as Christians. Now, oftentimes the world criticizes us Christians for being a bunch of foolish religious people. We're criticized as people who have dumb and blind faith. Now, while many of these criticisms are overly and unfairly harsh, we must admit, and we have to admit, we indeed, we have to admit that there are many times where the world is right. In other words, we Christians could do better by heeding, yes, heeding to Jesus' teaching in this parable. We could do better to be shrewd and to be wise as Christians. Unfortunately, we Christians can sometimes indeed be very ignorant and naive. I don't think we intentionally try to be ignorant or naive. Instead, our ignorance can come about from well-intentioned parents, well-intentioned pastors, well-intentioned Sunday school teachers who try and perhaps shelter our children and churches by constructing, if we say, a protective bubble around us. For example, we make those protective bubbles in the artwork that we create, in the Bible studies we read, and the theology we teach. Have you ever seen a children's picture? Yes, have you ever seen a children's picture of Noah's Ark? Sure, you see happy Noah waving in the ark. You see him hugging and smiling with a giraffe on the ark. But mark this, you will never see in a children's picture of the ark thousands of drowning pagans clawing at the side of the ark as they drown in the vicious waters. And our Bible stories that we read, how often do we teach the Bible as if it is rated G, when in reality it is actually rated R? Yes, too often the church reads the Bible as if it is a nice book for nice people about nice folks who said and did nice things where everything leads to a nice and happy ending. And our theology, too often in the church we diminish just how serious things like sin and hell and damnation are, while at the same time we sanitize our theology from the messy blood and the scary-looking cross. The fact of the matter is this, we like theology that isn't reverent, that isn't demanding, that isn't frightening or too intellectual. We like our theology tame. We like it clean. We like it neat. And we like it safe. It's just better that way. Now, I'm not advocating, I'm certainly not advocating that we spend our time dancing in our sin or celebrating the deeds of darkness in the church. By no means, no how. But rather, my point is, is this, is that we are certainly not of this world. We are not of this world. You are baptized. You were snatched from darkness unto light in Christ, in baptism. But at the same time, you and I will always be in this world. We're not of it, but we are in it. And so since we Christians are in this world, there is no room for what we could call hallmark theology or nicety-nice Bible stories and flowery artwork. For when the church goes this way, yes, when it goes this way, the church will certainly be as innocent as a dove, but certainly not shrewd like a snake itself. Now, dear friends, keep in mind that today's parable that we read about in the Gospel of Luke is not the only place where Jesus calls us Christians to be shrewd. He teaches that in other places as well. For example, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us that we are to listen to his word and follow his word. We are shrewd. 
We are like a wise man when we listen to his word, who builds a house on solid rock. The same word when Jesus tells us to be like a wise man, building our house on the rock, the same word, that wise, is the same word that is used in our gospel reading from Luke. That is to say, listening to Jesus' word and abiding in his word is like having a house that is on a rock that withstands floods and winds and storms. It is being shrewd. It's being wise. And Matthew chapter 10 Yes, Matthew chapter 10, Jesus also tells us to be, get this, shrewd as a serpent, shrewd as a snake, and innocent as doves. We Christians are to be prudent and cunning. Yes, prudent and cunning like snakes, while at the same time, innocent and simple like doves. The point being, there's no excuse for naive and flighty Christians. Being a Christian is to be wise, is to be shrewd. Being a Christian means that you are to be aware of reality. Now, take that dishonest manager as an example yet again. He was completely aware of his predicament, was he not? Which is the reason why that he acted so shrewdly. And think about the man who built his house on the rock. He did so because he was aware of the storms and the waves that were before him. And think about a snake. Snakes are shrewd because they are aware of their surroundings. They, they know when to retreat into their shelter, protect their head from being cut off. They know how to move through the brush in silence. And so we Christians are called by Jesus to be wise, to be shrewd to the realities of life. We're called to be diligent and aware of the threats around us. We're to be aware of the old Adam and others. We are to be aware and to take heed to Jesus' word. And so the parable from Jesus is certainly a wake-up call. It is. It is a wake-up call for us. Jesus, he commands a dishonest crook for his shrewdness to grab your attention and mine as well. The parable, it, it should rattle us a bit, rattle us out of our pleasant and calm spiritual lives. The parable should shake us out of our huggable and lovely theology systems. The parable should intrude into our lives and say to us, wise up, <laughs> wise up. If a crooked and dishonest manager can be wise, why aren't you? If pagans are wise with unrighteous things, shouldn't you as Christians be wiser with godly things? Dear friends, it is tempting, though, not to want to be wise as a Christian. Frankly, it just feels like it would be easier that way to disregard shrewdness, to disregard wisdom. It is less scary to be naive and foolish to the world, to be foolish to God and the way things are. But truth be told, the scariest reality would be to not be wise, to not hear Scripture, and to not understand the reality of life under the sun. Sure, being wise will bring about fear, it certainly does. As you recognize the predicaments of this world, as you recognize the predicaments of sin in your life in this world, and the certainty and the sting of death itself. But never forget that the shrewdness and wisdom of Christ are not only about calling a thing what it is, but it is also about placing you, get this, directly into the heart of sacred theology to hear about what Christ has done and will do for you. 
Baptized saints, you are not called to be wise and then somehow left in fear. Being wise does not mean that you are given the ability to see the storms and the waves of life, but then are not given a rock to stand upon or to build upon. Heavens, no. Being wise is to be attentive, to be alert, to be aware of not only difficult things in this life, but also, also to be aware of the reality of Christ and what he has done for you and for me. Hear this, being shrewd and wise is boldly being aware of the limitations of mankind, the the struggles of the flesh, the attacks of the devil, and then being wise unto Christ for forgiveness and life and salvation. Being shrewd and wise is understanding the predicaments of life, like that dishonest manager who understood his predicament, and then not building a house on the sand, but then resting upon a rock. Being shrewd and wise is being able to be wise as a snake because you know that this world is full of all sorts of threats, but it is also being as innocent as a dove because you have the assurance of knowing that Christ holds all things for you. So, dear baptized saints, don't be shrewd for shrewd's sake, but instead tune your ears to God's word. Set You set your heart upon Christ and his gifts, for wisdom and shrewdness are ultimately given freely as a gift to those who hear. Not for unrighteous gain, but for your edification, for your assurance, and for your service to your neighbor. Live not only in the moment, as so many pagans do, but live with attention to eternity. Yes, eternity. And as you live wisely... And as you live faithfully, dear friends, remember that at the end, the Lord Jesus, he will welcome you. Ah, he will welcome you, saying, well done. Yes, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter the joy. Yes, enter the joy of the Lord. Indeed, shrewdness. It's a gift. It's a gift for you in Christ. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Yeah.